Hey everyone, this is Shane, Luke, Brandon of Mimir as well. Uh, coming back hello, to hello. you with some new stuff. I uh, know it's not been too long, um, but uh, we figured we wanted to keep the content pumping out, especially before the holidays and everything uh, approaches. So um, today's topic is going to be about the Aesir Vanir War. I know I did a kind of horrible quality version of it in the past. So we wanted to touch base on it a little bit more since uh, obviously we have more people on the team here and get their opinions on it. So uh, we'll get started off uh, in talking about that. So I wanna, I'm curious what y'all's opinion are uh, when it comes to, I guess, the real meaning behind the war and what you think from reading the stories like what do you think the overall message of the war was about? Uh, Apparently there's a few different translations, but uh, as, as, as far skewed. as, as, as what's that? It's very skewed. It, yeah. So it, there, there's a few different reasons it could have been, uh, could have been started, but as for like the, overall theme of what it means of, you know, the, the Vanir fighting the, the Aesir. Uh, I think it, I think the biggest lesson I learned from it is that, you know, the, the gods are a lot like us. They have the same problems that we have. They have the same problems with like greed and, um, who's just your, let's say your basic gods, the Aesir, you got your wisdom, strength, Justice war, and so on and so forth, hunting that and that that kind of stuff, and then you have the Vanir, who are more of the natural world who actually use magic. And it, even some some of the translations it says that when they marched on Asgard, they fucked it up with magic spells, which is why they had to get the wall rebuilt again, I think, if I remember correctly, but. Basically, this Asgard was almost in shambles because of their spell magic. <clears throat> and then, like Luke said, it kind of just goes back and forth about why it was, why it even began. Um, and it's centered around one person. And it's Galvin. Which yeah. um, a lot of people, I'm sure the, hopefully they do know, but a lot of people who's listening, Galvin is... I guess kind of like Odin in a way is one of his one of Freya's many names um, that she uses when she tests people and goes around similar like Odin did when <clears throat> he went as Bolverker and all these other different names that he used uh, when he tried to gain different various knowledge and stuff. Um, but I think yeah, it's like I definitely agree. I think a lot of people forget that the the gods and the goddesses are extremely human like in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. and they f are susceptible to the same crap we are, uh, as far as, like, you know, greed and, and all these different things, and anger and, you know, lust and the whole nine yards of that. They're not, they're not infallible. Yeah. Shit happen, Like, just like with us. Um, and much like Odin, Freya can show up in a different form. Which in some of the translations, she's an old woman called Gulby. And then some of them, 
they're just you, they already say hey it's Freya, and no, there's no talk about what she looks like, what what you know her appearance, but they don't even talk about why you know what she talks about why she's there, which is they just jump from hey this is Freya, bam they try to kill her three times. You know it's very vague in that aspect. Yeah. You know burn her three you three times, kill her three times, whatever have you. Whatever order you wanted in. I mean, what, what do you huh? what do you think that they tried to kill her for, in your opinion? Cleanse, like use it because honestly, they believe that she was she 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 brought the greed of gold with her to to Asgard in Odin's Hall, and at the time that was again that that went against everything that they believed in, you know, and it started transferring over to them, they started having that greed as well. Um, so, I believe it was their way of kind of like cleansing. Could I be wrong? Absolutely. But that's kind of how I look at it, is they did it to cleanse themselves and the area of what she did, that evil that she brought with them. Because it was, it was described that she did, the magic she did was Evil magic that evil women really practice what she was what she was preaching kind of thing. Mm. Um, so I think it was it was a, a surefire way of trying to cleanse the area. Um, if she was gone, then it would go with her. I mean, yeah, that but, definitely makes sense because from a lot of the stories that you read and a lot of the ideas you gain from the the Norse gods, like Odin and all of them, weren't really even involved in anything like. Seder or Galder or any magic at the at, at the time, that that no. came after um, Freya was sent as a hostage to them, and then you can yep. kind of see that influence kind of go through. And I think that's when, I mean, I could be wrong, but I think that's kind of like when Odin realized he didn't know everything, and then he wanted to know like how the how do they do this? How how the hell do they? How does she have all this power? How do they have all this power? And I don't have nothing but a you know. Anything I mean, he has, his stuff. he has his stuff, his own stuff, but Freya practiced cedar, which is a feminine form of magic. That's what everyone says, from what I understand of it, that's, I mean, that's what you would call it. I mean, primarily women practice this. So she becomes a hostage hanging out in Asgard. She's well received with her brother and father. And so it was like, I, I want I want some of that knowledge right there you got i need to know how to do that so that's when he learned cedar from her so i mean and the persecution everything i'm pretty much stopped because i mean if you're gonna go there and accept this person and then learn from them there's no reason to persecute like they did when she was in her elderly woman form of golding <clears throat> i'm curious like do you think um Do you think that perhaps that when they embrace the magical aspect, obviously have a leg up on the giants and everybody else, or do you think that he did it just sincerely out of wanting that type of knowledge? Like, do you think it was more of a selfish aspect to it, or more of just a curiosity aspect of that reason why he, uh, like, why Odin followed so closely behind trying to learn from Freya? 
I mean, I don't, I don't know about about y'all, but I don't remember hearing or reading anywhere when it talks about Odin's travels and his thirst for knowledge, and like they describe, like he's giving up an eye, you know, making a sacrifice of himself to himself. That all the kind of stuff that he's done, and the knowledge to gain knowledge for war. Never has it been brought up. It is purely his selfish need for knowledge, for wisdom, in in my opinion. I don't know about Luke, but that's kind of how I view it. Because at the time, like, most of the time his searching, he ain't even worried about war because he's not even Asgard. He's ban- he was banished for nine years. Mm. So... Yeah, and then his wife like laid up with his brothers. I think, like, <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I know that uh, Freya sat on Freya sat on the sat on his seat and saw like the woman he was supposed to be with. That was all and in the same that, time frame, wasn't it? Yeah, he was gone wandering and stuff like that, and then Freya sat there because he was already hostage. Now I know that there is a lot of. I know that there's a lot of uh, interest around, like, the... Because there's not a lot of stuff about the Vonir in depth. I mean, I know that there, in the past, have been cults of the Vonir. Obviously, there's the cult of Freya, the cult of Frey. And then the thing with Frey is, like, the way it was described, I mean, it could be wrong, but the way I interpreted it through some of my studies is that Frey was the initial god to mankind and then the Aesir were just kind of introduced at a later time but to me is which is kind of confusing because obviously the world and everything like Midgar was created from Ymir's bones and everything and obviously Odin and his brothers had a part in that however the way it's been described uh in some other literary sources is that uh Frey was the god of you know, Midgard. Uh, and then Odin and, and the Aesir just kind of came in and took it over after the Aesir Vanir War. And then a lot of focus primarily became geared towards Odin through, like, obviously royalty, because I think they believed in the past that only kings could worship Odin, because Odin is what made them kings. And then the poor people worshipped, you know, Thor and Frey and Freya and you know all of these other ones to you know give them good harvest give them good everything along those lines Thor's always been a working man's god like the common man so that's natural yeah but one thing that you don't see a whole lot of is that, like one of the topics um like how they were received before they were accepted they easier frowned upon them when they first became hostages because Basically, they Nord had had them with his sister, so it goes back to that kind of bloodline. Yeah, because I know there's a lot of fun of like Freya laying down with Frey and you know them two sleeping together and stuff. Because uh, unfortunately, you know incest was common among the Vanir, <laughs> like, you know, and it was just kind of one of those things. Uh, and then even I think there was even stories of North laying down with her too. Yeah. I mean, it's, she didn't have no, her husband went off and disappeared, and so she spent most of her time just wandering, you know, her free time, 
going places, looking for this cat, crying about it. You know? But. It's not I think like she had a wide selection. No. No. Huh. I mean, she had her Wolfinger folks, but who knows how that went. We don't know. Well, what's, um, really, well, what's really weird is that there's a lot of, you know... I feel like this is kind of on topic, maybe, but this could be like a discussion for another episode. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of confusion because there is a lot of texts that say that Freya and Frigg are the same individual, and that yeah, she is the, the same person. Yeah, and that she is the wife of Odin, um, and it would totally make sense in a way, um, but at the same time, it's a little bit confusing because. One of the way, like I find it one of the funny ways it was described. I've only seen it once. Um, like Frigg is the mother love, that that wise woman mother love, though. and then you got Freya, who's horny college girl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you look at it too, then they may as might as well have had an open marriage with the with the, the way that Odin slept around and everything. So he was always gone. So you know. Yeah, I mean, he was doing his thing. Um, oh, man. Luke, you're being quiet. I don't So, it said that Frigga is, or Frigg, is the motherly love aspect of Freya. And I guess, yeah. I mean, it would be... And I think there's a few gods that are like that too, that they have different aspects of themselves, but they're truly the same individual. And I'm trying to remember, cause there's one and like the name is just gone at the moment. Um, cause I know a lot of people get Loki and Loki confused with each other and it's easy to get that confused. And then there's, um, uh, Utgard Loki. Uh, yes. Yeah. And, and the unfortunate part too, is that, in the stories and in the and, and in everything, we don't hear too much about Loki's parents and who they truly were, uh, which you know. He he, his son of Laufey, his mother is Laufey, not Laufey, king of Jotunheim from Marvel. It is Laufey, his mom. Yeah, that's legit. the name is legit. Um, but other than that, his I've, if I've heard, seen his name for his pops. I don't remember. Now, I remember because, uh, yes, yeah, so he, here we go. So, Schemer was Utgard Loki, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. So, but uh, Utgard Loki knew Loki's mom. Like, because uh, yeah. he, yeah, he's like, I know your mother, uh, basically, in the stories. So, that's like the only time you really hear too much about, you know, Loki's then, parentage. Yeah, yeah. Like you hear, you hear more about like some of the lesser gods' parents, like more than you ever do of his, and he's plays a major role in most of the lore for what it is. And even though it's back and forth playing, you know, order and chaos, going back and forth with everybody. You know, sometimes you want to hate him, sometimes you like him. You know, well, the thing with Loki is it always ended up working out for the benefit of everybody else, no matter how hard he tried. <laughs> so. So, yeah. you know, it's just the way, this is the way that one ended up uh, working 
uh, and I'm pretty sure he didn't like that too much. But as far as um, going back to the Aesir Vanir War, um, yeah, so we know that they tried to cleanse Asgard because they wanted to kind of return it back to its purity and remove the greed from it. And then that's what initially started the war. And I, I believe that the hostages were kind of used as like a, like a treaty, like a token of we'll give yeah, you Mimir and we'll give you Heiner and then we'll take Njorth, Frey, and Freya. And the, there was one more too. Uh, There's one of the translations. Kavasir's already there and he's part of the Vanir hostages. Yeah. And then ones where he's made from them spitting in a bucket. Um, it's kind of which one everyone you want to go with. Um, and for what's going on, it makes more sense for the bucket. Because, like, you got a stalemate. The two, the two tribes have stalemate. They can't beat each other. Mm. So, when they negotiate a turn. And that's when you get into... Why Mimir is just a head, because he's a full flung, full body god, not just jaw. And uh, and he was a huge giant too. I think a lot of people, you know, don't know that. But like you, you got the three that we that the Azir got, and then you got Pioneer and Mimir that went to Vanir for this. For this treaty. And the Vanir started feeling like they were fucking jip. Because Mimir and Heiner were always together. They were tight. I mean, you know, we all know that. But if Mimir wasn't there, Heiner was just a simpleton. He was he was good looking, he was jacked, he was everything that you think a big dumb dude is. You know, Dinner, they look pretty, don't talk too much. Um, and then when he made a couple decisions by uh, the term, the phrase that they said that he used was let the other let others decide. He was supposed to be making decisions, but he couldn't do anything without memory. So I mean, how how would you you you're a tribe that lost your right? And you got the babbling idiot in the brain. I'd, I'd be pissed too. <laughs> yeah. And then when they lopped off his head, you know, and they sent it back to Odin, uh, you know, yeah. I'm sure that probably, seven. I'm sure that probably pissed bop. them off. Oh yeah. You know, cause he I was mean, able to revive it and then keep the knowledge. So. I mean, he benefited from it. So it make him happy. I don't think. Probably not. I think it's interesting, though, that, you know, they felt gypped even even though they accepted the terms. You know, they sent three, you know, they sent Njord, Freyr, and Frey, but they only got two, and they accepted those terms. So why would they send three and only receive two and be okay with that? It doesn't make sense well, to Mimir's, me. Well, but... wisdom, I think, was somewhat like the equivalent of two, indiv like two individuals. That Hynir was different than what he was? Like he was a great leader, kind of deal. So they it probably like on that scale, maybe it leveled out. I suppose. Still three for two, doesn't seem. Seems wonky, but 
without Gavassier in the in the mix right now, that'd have been four for two. Yeah, that would have been a a, a yeah, big issue. Been a decision. Yeah. Um, but which is what basically it turned into anyway. Yeah. Got off. And now he's a talking head that gets carried around with a fucking old dude wandering the world. <laughs> he's got chipped. He's always you know, I always imagine like Odin either like sticks him on like a stick and like walks around with his head on it, you know, like you see in those uh, like the African witch doctors or whatever they're called, like with the head on the booga booga booga. Like, think you get motion sickness up there. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, it's interesting uh, in a lot of ways because for Heiner to be such an idiot, him and his uncle Mimir were super close. But if you yeah. when you go and you read about the story about where Odin sacrificed his eye and everything to drink of Mimir as well, Mimir kind of treated him like, I don't really, I don't really know you, dude. Like, we're related, but you know, you don't ask shit of me. Now you're showing up here and you want to drink of my well. Like, what the hell? And sourness there from being yeah. sent over there. Yeah. And what's interesting too, in this, like in the stories, even when you jump to the event of Ragnarok, Odin goes back to the well. So I guess there's at a certain point where Mimir's head is no longer with him. It returns back to where it used to be. He places mm-hmm. it back into where his well was, I guess to guard it or keep an eye on it or whatever. And Odin goes back to talk to him again. So obviously there's a part where Odin really doesn't keep him with him the whole time. He apparently just takes him and puts him back where he once was, wherever that is. He's just like, shut the hell up. Let me just go put you over here. Back in your tub. (laughs) I mean, that could be part of, you know, where in the Havamal, Odin says that one should be, you know, midwise, like, shouldn't be overly wise so maybe at that point he realizes that having mimir's head around is a detriment as much as it is uh or i should say a hindrance as much as it is helpful i mean i can only imagine knowing so much before you go insane you know like exactly i mean how much does mimir probably talk you know it's like like you're over there just like shut the hell up you know just like I'm gonna cut your voice box. Jesus, fuck. <laughs> like, just be You're just quiet. ahead. You don't even have a voice box. How is this right. working? Magic. And so, but well, two, it shows you the, the level of knowledge that either I I don't know if it's there's a must be a huge time gap in between these events because Odin by this point I'm sure as Gave up his eye, you know, hung on Yggdrasil, and then learned enough magic from Freya to go and reanimate Mimir. So obviously, this this the time span of this war lasted for a long time, and 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 the and the period. It says sometime. That could mean anything. Yeah. So you can see the level of progression of Odin's wisdom and stuff. And you can see kind of like what he's working on and what he's working like as far as his personal progression throughout this war. Like if that would have happened, like he goes to hand Mimir over, doesn't get Freya, and then 
Mimir's head gets lopped off, I doubt he's going to be able to like reanimate him. But it's because he's over there being Odin, seducing knowledge and whatever the hell he can get from her, you know, because it's, let's be honest, he's wise talking, he can get whatever he wants, apparently, according to the stories. The only person yeah. that gave him a hard time was the giantess who guarded the meta poetry. She's the only one that was like, stop it, no. <laughs> <laughs> Stop! Leave me alone. But yeah, I mean, I mean, like Mimir's them cutting off Mimir's head for revenge of feeling like they got gypped, which they did. Let's face it; like it'd be a perfect time to go back to war. But in, in essence, like if you do that, we don't have what we have now. It'd be a completely different kind of system yeah like people who go with the azir and people who go with the binary probably would not be able to coexist because he knows what that other kind of teaching and lore would be like like we're co everybody coexists now <clears throat> so how much of a sacrifice is that to not go back to war over the murder of yeah, the murder of Mimir. Like, that's going to be a hard pill to swallow. Like, sorry, bro. You're great, but you're not worth starting this shit over again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, there's also that point where something along the lines causes them to bury the hatchet once and for all. I can't remember it, like, off the top of my head, even after the hostage situation. It was the avoidance of the war because of how long how long they had fought. Nobody was going to win. Had to have been to avoid that again. It's like, yeah, we got gods of war, gods of this, gods of that. But eventually, motherfuckers get tired of shit. So just because you yeah. got a war, you're going to want a war all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like they they knew that there was no point in continuing fighting because... They were so evenly matched, so it's oh, yeah. it's like in in order to have something new, they have to do something different, which would be coexist. Mm -hmm. And it's something they had a hard time doing in, to begin with, yeah. and they had to. It's almost like they knew they gypped them on the hostages. So yeah, maybe you guys had cut off. I got I still got his ass around to a certain extent. I can learn. So let's not be assholes again. And let's do this thing. Let's make a the hashes didn't work as a as a uh, permanent token of peace. So this is how we get another main major person to the Lord. They all of them the Bonir, the Azir, they spit into a a crock pot basically, just like a nice bucket. <clears throat> and we get Kavasir. Kavasir was like the living embodiment of, I mean, granted, we all know him as wisdom, but he was basically like the living treaty, like the the, the living burying the hatchet, so to speak. And yeah, I'm like, in, if anybody really needed to look for anybody to start a war with, it should have been them starting a war with the dwarves at this point, because out of their greed and, and everything, they gut him, kill him, drain him of all of his blood. So that way they're like, ha ha, you know, we'll, we'll be wise and smart. 
Yeah. So it's yeah, like you said, like if anybody, if that, if there was ever a reason to go back to war, it'd have been that one. But if in the two tribes versus one species of dwarf. But I think again, there's an underlying issue with that because the dwarves do so much in the lore for the gods. Hmm. They make so much. They help bind Fenris. Like, if they went to war and killed all of them, like, Fenris wouldn't be binding. There would be no... Mjolnir would not be a thing. Didn't they make Gungnir? All the stuff that they made, like the necklace, uh, what was it? They made a necklace for Freya? Sif's hair? Sif's hair. Well, they also made uh, Skeeth Blathnir, which was the boat, and then they made... Phrase boar, uh, the mm-hmm. golden boar. Yes. And then. Um, like... Oh yeah, and Odin's arm ring that drips a new one every nine days or something along that. Yeah, that's a horse. That's a story for another time too, because that arm ring plays a very big part in another large story for a big hitter in this lore. So that's something else we can touch on in another show. <clears throat> I mean, I think, I mean, in, in, in essence, I mean, it all kind of seemed shitty, but everything always worked to the benefit of the Aesir, just kind of seemed naturally. Like, because yeah. even Kavasir's death, Odin got the made of poetry, consumed it all, and still came out on top. And then the Vanir's just probably sitting there like, dude, what the, f-? like, you know, how is it just naturally going towards you? It's like that one person you intentionally try to sabotage over and over and over again, and everything continues to get better for them, and stuff just gets a little bit shittier for you. Uh, it's just kind of like the pattern I'm seeing in this. But yep. Roadrunner yeah. and Coyote. Exactly. But at the same time, I mean, we don't know... Uh, we don't know much about the Von Air, other than just the Acer Von Air War... Uh, nothing's really talked about too, too much. Other than, like, individuals, like, you have, as a whole, they're, they're just from Vanaheim. That's it. You know, that's all you hear about. Um, then you got your individuals, you know, you go to big extents with Njord, Brain Frere, of course. Um, is he a Dune, I believe, is a Viner? Yeah. To be wrong. I, th- I think that she was one of the ones I was thinking of that may have transitioned over. Let, let me count. You know what? I'll pull a resource to confirm. She's a, tre- she's a treasure for all both tribes because she has the apples. Um, but again, I digress. That's a that's a topic for another one because that that could be a big topic because of her husband, Raggy. I mean, that, that's. Um, so, but I think she's a Vonnegut, Sif, maybe? Uh, so no, so Ethan is actually an Aesir. Who? Sif? No, Ethan. Oh, Ethan. Yeah. Okay, I, I was, I was thinking she wasn't a Vonnegut, but it was, she holds a pattern of what a Vonnegut is, you know, in my opinion. Same thing with Sif, and I can't remember if Sif's a Vonnegut or not either. But it's like they they integrate, but it still seems like they got a shitty end of the stick, just because they're that much different. 
Well, I I think I think it was actually in Artroth that I read this that there's the there's a theory that the uh, the Vanir were actually the Celts, like just the Celtic people, and uh, and the Aesir were the Germanic people, and the Great Aesir Vanir War was when they clashed, came together, and then um, they eventually you know made peace and created all the different peoples of of uh, Northern Europe. Yeah. Now, when you look at and Frey, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I like that. Yeah, look, because uh, the Celtic people are very, you know, like uh, the, they're they're very into magic. Like uh, when you go into the Celtic lore, they're very, very magical uh, in in their origins. They're the base for that. Yeah. Then you look so, at Serenos. Serenos, what I think is his name. Really they're just as good as your the, the Germanic. Teutons, as you'd say, they're just as good at war, if not sometimes better. Yeah, like like they're at the time, like you had your Celtic iron, like they were known for those big sword, the those our big iron swords of the time that were just above what everyone else had in the area. But then that was when they were also part of Europe, and as well as the Isles. And then they, you know, of course, all the tribes kind of just got pushed. I mean, there's a huge like, connection. Like there's a huge connection between Frey and Serenos, like because they're both, you know, known as horned. Like, you know, if you look at Serenos, he's related to deer. That's the reason why they give him like the antlers on top of his head yeah. and everything. And it's the same reason why it's like that with Frey. And so to back up what Luke said, there's a lot of stuff I've heard about that. Like, um, for example, like Ari Herger, he goes into detail about Frey uh, a lot, basically. Saying that um, Frey was the god who gave, it's like the, Frey was the god who gave power to people. Like technically, he was the kingmaker because there was also um, some kind of historical story or whatever that even said that Frey was one of the first kings uh, on Midgard. Like and they even have like a actual name for him that's a little different than Frey, but he's like he was supposedly a king that ruled over a certain amount of time, uh, or something along those lines. So there's actually like a huge. It's kind of like sifting through like a bunch of broken pottery to try to find pieces like on an archaeological dig of like, is this going to make sense? Is this not going to make sense? And then the thing that's cool about our time is like as of now a lot of this stuff right here starts to kind of have the pieces meld back together bit by bit from historical findings and archaeological digs and you know everything that kind of keeps just resurfacing itself to the top and we're at a time now that where we can document this and electronically store it and pick up the pieces so to speak of like okay this part of the puzzle didn't make sense and then you learn later, like, okay, well, Frey was, um, you know, god of the earth or whatever at this, at this time, and it starts kind of balancing itself out uh, on a yeah. scale of things. That's and, like, in, in, also in this war, you don't hear about a lot of, you, they don't go into detail about who's who. Mm -hmm. Like, you hear Odin, Mimir, Hynir, Njord. Freya, Freya, 
and Kvasir. That's the only guys that are named that I have found. Like you got you got personalities like Thor. This has got to be pre Milner. You know, Thor being Thor. Probably still Thor. He just has his weapon they had before Milner. So he's not you know, he is that still mighty god, but where is he at in this? Like why isn't there still why isn't there details about what others are doing? Did they do anything? Or did they it was just so messed together for so long. It's just you know, everything was they were so even they couldn't do anything. Yeah. That's kind of stuff I think about. It's like where's the the details? I, I imagine when this thing was first started being spoken of, there was probably huge details. But over thousands of years, thousand years, whatever have you, I guess things things do get lost. I mean, it's also like at what point did Loki and Odin meet each other? For them to yeah. for that agreement to be like, I will, you know, anytime I drink, you will be welcome at my table. Uh, mm. You know, the blood brotherhood uh, to develop. I mean, because there's so much stuff like like you said, though Thor's not mentioned. You think Loki would have been there if this was like after that? You don't hear yeah. of you don't hear of Balder being there. You don't hear of um, God, who else? You don't hear of Heimdall being there. Uh, you don't hear about yeah, Tyr. Yeah, none of it. And, I mean, it's kind of weird because it makes you wonder, like, is this pre-Thor? Because, I mean, like, you know. Before he was born. Yeah, it's like prior yeah, to him being born. Because I know that there's also, like, a place. Uh, it's, shit. It's like. I want to say it's, like, around. It's a cave. It's called, like, Thunars or Thorsten or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, Thurston or something, something along those lines. Supposedly, like a place on Midgard that Thor was born in, uh, and it's like the cave that he was born in because his mother is Yord, which is Mother Earth, and yeah. so that's where she, like, when he was born, he was birthed into this cave, and uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's called, um, yeah, it's in. It's, it's called Thor's Cave. It's in Staffordshire, England. Um, and I think that that's the story of it is like, supposedly that's where he was born. Um, I may be wrong. Cause I know that there's like, I don't remember it being called Thor's cave, but it was, it was like Thunderston Thunder's cave or something like that along those lines. And supposedly yeah. that's where he was born at. So it would make sense. Uh, which is really weird because we know that. Yeah, that's an episode for another time. Cause talk, like talking about his mother, uh, Thor's mother, you know, is Mother Earth. You kind of would think that how how did that come if the Vanir were like the gods and the goddesses of Midgard? You know, like where does she fall into that? Did she side with the Vanir as a giantess? Because we know she's a giantess, if I remember yeah. correctly. So. Well, maybe that's part of their coexistence and why Thor appears afterwards is he's a product of that coexistence. That would make sense. Yeah, I mean, that would that'd be spot on. I, mean, I feel that... like Kvasir is definitely like the embodiment of the treaty, for sure. And like, mm-hmm. represents yeah, that, that peaceful coexistence through 
you know, through wisdom, through, um, uh, through poetry, really. But yeah, I mean, strange take. I mean, it's a good one. I mean, you know, and at some point, you know, because it's said that anybody who is gifted of uh, the meat of poetry, you know, like, you know, or talented songwriters or poets or, you know, uh, I guess musicians or whatever, like, and that's the thing is, so you hear that kind of reference in some of the stories and some of the, like, the you know, different stuff, and it kind of makes you wonder, like, okay, maybe that's why Bragi was so interesting to them during this time because i mean i don't know that's like i said that's a different episode um but that's a whole other thing because we've got a special circumstance yeah that's a whole that's a whole nother can of worms that we could open for that one but my thing is is, you don't hear about any of the permanent gods there you know and that's that's to me is key because it tells you it sets you back into a, a point in time where there could have been no thor there could have been no <clears throat> no Loki as of yet uh, and all that good stuff. So it's just, you know, it's unfortunate that there's so many gaps yeah. uh, in that. But if it, like you said, though, if it wasn't for the Aesir Vanir, we wouldn't have Freya. We wouldn't have this <clears throat> coexistence of all of this wisdom and all this power in both sides working together for our benefit. I know that it's unfortunate. I think that a lot of uh, heathens, they don't worship the, the Vanir. There's certain groups that avoid the Vanir, like the plague, and strictly worship yeah. the Aesir because that's the way it should be. And in my opinion, you're only gypping yourself. Um, you know, I mean, I even think that people like the giants <clears throat> should be honored and respected. Because, I mean... There are people who- they're a little. There are people who worship them, and I I have never experienced it personally. I just you know come come across it on the internet kind of thing. Kind of odd. Um, they're called the Roker, I think it is. Yeah, uh, I could be wrong. Never heard of them. Yeah, yeah, I found it through like a lot of digging because you have uh, Mangloth which is like this healing medicine woman who's also a giantess. And then she has like a mountain, so to speak. Of, and then it's like a kind of like a medical office that's kind of ran. She has people beneath her that do certain little things. And you can actually yeah. now find their names. Um, I think it's northernpaganism.org or something like that. Uh, actually has sorted through like all of it, all the text and everything and pulled their names out. It's just like a lot of people don't know that uh, the goddess Air, which is the goddess of healing and everything, she's like one of she's, uh, a, she's either Freya or Frigg's handmaiden. Um, and Frigg, mm-hmm. yeah. So she sits beneath that. But Mangaloth is a giantess who is basically like a doctor. You just go to her and say, you know this is what I got wrong. And she's like, okay, well, this is what we're going to do to fix you up. kind of thing. <laughs> but you know, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting because a lot of people just limit it to the, the Aesir. And then luckily now people are including the Vonir. 
yeah, and then there's aspects all over our world that we practice as spirituality and find are a big part huge part just because of what they represent as well not just wisdom courage you know strength you know <clears throat> they're part of the natural world you know their harvest their fertility you know shit like that so they're a huge part so if anyone is kind of just not including them because oh, it's the easier or nothing kind of thing then they're shortchanging themselves with what's going on and missing I feel on like half of the universe yeah and they're and out they're missing out on being able to appreciate what everything is like what our world brings to it because of their lack of knowledge about the body you know kind of when you learn all these things you kind of have a, an appreciation for everything you see in the world now in the natural world I mean, I think now in the coming times, you see a huge growth in people who associate themselves with Freya. I mean, Mm. which, you know, Freya is like the kind of like the go-to Von Air that everybody flocks to. And then... Oh, yeah. Yeah, Slam lambs, some shit like that. Everybody likes that. And then you have... um, some people will go to fray, especially, uh, and then you also have, uh, Oler. Well, I think Oler, he was, he, he wasn't Vonner. He was Acer, I think. Or was uh, him and Scott are basically the same thing. Just male, female, you know, aspects of each one. Yeah. <laughs> she's and a she... giantess, of course. She's the ex-wife of Mjord. Yeah, but... I forgot that she left him, man. Marry yeah. him because of his feet. <laughs> but yeah. you, you know, this stupid. Uh but uh yeah, I mean a lot of people <laughs> a lot of people forget though. It's just like you know, a uh Ayer and Ran and their nine daughters, they're giants. You know. Yeah. Uh a lot of people forget that uh Cert is a giant. And the thing is Cert's older than the gods themselves. because uh, he existed and it even is spoken about during the time of the birth of Odin and his brothers and the creation of the nine, like the worlds. Muscle yeah, I mean, existed. He the exact opposite of Ymir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and there's so many different, you know, groups of people. I mean, the elves, obviously, they, they play their part in everything. Uh, the, the dwarves, they play their part in everything. And, like, you know, unfortunately, we don't have, like, specific names of, like, you know, what you would call a dwarven tribe or, uh, you know, elf tribe. But, you know, they have their significance part in everything as well. Like, if it wasn't for the dwarves, we wouldn't have, the gods wouldn't have their, you know, their weapons and their gifts and everything else that, you know, they have. And I think, like, you know, if you're a blacksmith or you're somebody who works on stuff or whatever... Getting close to a dwarf, you know, who does the same thing and honoring them—that's that's one way of honoring them, because there is no yep. blacksmith Aesir, there's no blacksmith Vonir, there's no blacksmith Roker. There's it's all, it's just dwarves. Well, uh, Thor carries around a pretty sweet blacksmithing tool, so I mean that's uh, about sure. as close as we can get. So that's we, another reason why he's hitting his anvil. 
Exactly. I mean, and people think it's his the chariot rolling through the sky. Yeah. So kind of just another example of why Thor is the working man's god. I mean, yeah. I know that in the old cave drawing, Thor had uh had like a club initially. And then the club yeah, turned like axe. Yeah, it turned into an axe after some time. And then it basically, I mean, as much as I hate to give Marvel credit about this, but then it turned into Stormbreaker. Like the axe on one side, the hammer on the other side for a long time. And then after that, it shrunk down to this tiny hammer. So you can kind of see like the weapon progression of Thor throughout time. You like, and he talks about a lot of times that he breaks his, you know, his weapons and all these other mm -hmm. things. And then you also have um, his, his, you know, his gauntlets and Megangirth, which were gifted to him by, uh, I think, a giantess. She she made them for him, gifted them to him. But that's when she supposedly taught him Seder, too, uh, which is mm -hmm. mentioned in Artroth. Uh, and there's even rune yeah. inscriptions that talk about Thor using Seder, uh, which is pretty cool. But and eventually, I think, I think everybody dabbles in it a little bit. I think at the level that we are at, with um, because of the Aesir von Air War, we've greatly benefited from it. I mean, I don't know what the I don't know what what it would be like here with them still opposing each other. Uh, you know, I can imagine yeah. I can imagine being around then seeing something like that. <laughs> You know, just like all hell breaking loose, like lightning from the sky, the waves slapping it. Like you don't, you don't know what the hell it looked like, uh, mm -hmm. and all the magical aspects too. Probably would have been kind of gnarly. Yeah, but, I mean, but... I think at the end of the day, we as a people have benefited from it <clears throat> just as much much as the two tribes have. Um, and it, unfortunately, that's about. The gist of it. There's yeah. not a lot to it. So compared to most of the lore, it is relatively short for being big. The big event that it was, there's just nothing. It has like your talking points, and it ends. I think there might be a message just in that lack of of knowledge, though. Like the the details aren't important. It's the fact that it happened in the first place. That, yeah, that could be and the biggest takeaway. Like beginning, middle, and end. Yeah, that's what we focus on. I think. Yeah, I man. mean, the war, the war. The war in itself, like, it shows you one what the power of greed can do to somebody. Uh, now. And then you know, and then two. It shows you that, you know, you can benefit from somebody else on a different side. You know, you don't always have all the answers. And so burying that hatchet and coming together is more effective than dividing and just trying to make petty agreements back and forth, being like, well, I'll do this if you stop doing this, because eventually that's going to get broken in some aspect. And I think that we can see that through the death, of, like the beheading of Mimir and everything along that yeah. so coming together, the universe wouldn't our, our universe would not be what it is like it wouldn't even be able to work you know what i mean 
Mm. Like those aspects of each one going together, molding together, working together in harmony, for lack of a better phrase. Like if this the world were very different, we wouldn't have that. So who's to say like the nine worlds would have ever held together? You know? It would have just been an all-out chaos, all-out war with everybody. I mean, and that's just kind of like doom and gloom kind of thing, but you got to think about it. It's like if, if the war went differently, how different could have, could what we know now be different? Or would there even be a Midgard? Honestly, I think it's a re- repetition of a cycle, though, because if you look back at um, the creation, uh, you know, you get the sparks from Muspelheim and you get the frost from Niflheim coming together. Mm-hmm. And when they come together, there's and there there's a uh, uh, adverse reaction, let's call it like it's it's a, an explosive reaction almost that creates something, something new, something that's never been before. Yeah. And eventually it settles into peace. Like, so it, it kind of kind of feels like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It, it happens again and again. So everything, but like, look, everything could be happen as it should. But then because the harmony is not there, the balance. Yeah, Midgard are created, but it, would it last? How much? How much of them working together, having that peace, has held a, has held our world together to help us develop? You know, that's kind of yeah. I think about it, like how much different could everything have been if you know the what ifs happened? Yeah, I mean, because we know, and after Ragnarok, the Vonir return back. You know, they they leave Asgard and they go back to their normal lives when you know wherever they were at. Not and the rest are like children of or lesser lesser gods and then children like Thor's twins stick around because they take up that mantle of protector or they inherit me on their all your stuff. And only when only Balder and Freya's and Nana. I think there's some other ones, but a lot of them a lot of the major hitters die in a Ragnarok. And everything's lesser, lesser gods at that point. They become the gods. There's no more. I, and at that point, I guess there's no more tribes. It's just we are the new ones. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just the ultimate. There is no real sense of needing to be multi- this or that or this or that. We're just us, you know. Yeah. And, that, and that, and that's what we. That's I think you know it's the bigger picture in that. It's like. You know, we don't give a shit about if we're Ace here. We don't give a shit about if we're Jotun. We don't give a shit about if we're Vonir. We're here because we all have the same goal in mind and yeah. and, and the same, you know, desire to push forward and to make something out of this. You know, I mean, there's. I always felt like, yeah, you know, there's a deeper message to some of this stuff. That we, some people, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of that. Sometimes I'll just read something that's for what it is, for like face value on the surface. Like, this is it. 
But when you sit back and you really dive into the depths of this stuff, I mean, there's like, you know, little nuggets of life messages that you can pick up along the way. Yeah, I mean, it's there. It's, uh, it's how are you going to take the time to think about what you read? You know, even if it's something as simple as, as the war. Not a very simple thing, but the way it's interpreted to us or translated to us, it is very simple, very cut and dry. But there's enough there for you to take away something there and kind of give you a new outlook. If you really just sit down and focus on it, kind of do like a active meditation. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like in the in the, in the info that we have, I think that they, they, they probably looked at it like this is like this is good enough for you to understand the true message of this. So we don't need to dive into every details and you become consumed in the details instead of consumed yeah. in the bigger picture of what's going on. You you allow the details to interpret for you. So yeah, I told you just be like, well, yeah, I told you this is my thoughts on it, but it's just what you read. You know, sat back and just thought about the, the grand, you know, dissect each sentence, you know, what, what's in the sentence that can, that you, kind of speaks to you kind of has an underlying message. I don't think a lot of people do that anymore. But some do. I mean, it's very time consuming to do such a thing, especially on a large scale. But. Sorry. Nah, I get it. I feel the same way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I start talking about these stories sometimes, and it, it can either get me hyped up or make me tired. And then, uh, you know, it's... The story about war would just make you tired. Yeah. Well, we're not talking about John Wick here, so... Yeah. I mean, You didn't kill my dog. Yeah. Well, we're all right. They killed Odin's dog, and now they're going to go back to war. No, Which wait, just kidding. Yeah. I think, too, like, you know, speaking of Odin's dog, uh, there's so many, you know, dog-like creatures in the story of Ragnarok, and everybody just focuses just on the one. They don't, they forget about Garner. They forget about uh, Skull and Haiti, you know, and they forget about all of it. Grecky and Freck. Yeah, and uh, Garm Garm is a big one because that that's the bane of tears. You know, he goes out fighting not not Fenris like you would originally think, because of how much he dealt with him and sacrificed. No, just some wannabe servers. Yeah, he's uh, a lot of people depict him as like a nightmare hound. You know, like something you don't want to deal with. Well, I mean, I guess it's kind of looking more into it. I don't know. I know there's a there's quite a bit of detail going into what Garm represents. It's something. It's some kind of crazy shit. He feeds on like the the flesh of some sort of some some of the dead. It's not. It wasn't the greatest thing to die, and you weren't the greatest person. Something like that. But there's no. I don't know. I feel like there's no duality to it. I mean, I know, like, yeah. Nidhogg, you know, feeds on the corpses of the unworthy dead. That is. 
Yes. So it's kind of, I guess that's, that's a topic for those. You know, the duality stuff we're going to talk about. Yeah, the um, dualism. I, I'm I'm still still struggling with what, uh, you know, non-dualism is supposed to look like because I can't help but see it everywhere, especially even in this war. So, I mean, yeah. do you, so do you guys want to tell our listeners what uh, the question is and what to look forward to for the next one? Sure. Let's, let's, yeah, get, let's get the question verbatim. So, yeah. uh, in our Discord, in our Discord, uh, which you should definitely join and come have conversations with us. The link is um, below. Click it or we will find you. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> no, no. I don't have that kind of time. I don't have that. Yeah, we don't really have that kind of time. So uh, we are asking for, you know, what people would like to hear about. And uh, uh, our moderator, uh, Space Mankey, Asks, I'd be interested in learning about dualism within Norse pagan religions and what it means within the community. Uh, for example, uh, fire and ice, light and dark, things like that, uh, and how it affects practitioners and devotees in modern life. Uh, is it even possible to practice uh, non-dualism in heathenry? Uh, I struggle with this question often as a person who is drawn to non-dualistic ways of thinking, but still feels connected with my Northern European ancestry. So, um, I, I love the question, first of all, like, uh, but I just, I, I can't figure out what, uh, uh, what non-dualism looks like. Like I, that, that's just a foreign concept to me. So I'm I'm struggling real hard. The removal of the necessary evil, uh, you know, or like the good and bad side. I want to see, there's nothing. Other than like tear and garb, like that's the only thing I can think of. Unless, like, unless I'm interpreting garb very different than what Rizumet was, I may have to do some research again on that because I know I've I've read information on him. You know, we all have. But everything I mean, else you can think of. I mean, if you look, you know, it's interesting. I mean, if you if you step out of paganism, you can find it in like Buddhism. You can find. Uh, and yeah. in Hinduism, there's not, there's not necessarily a good and evil in Hinduism. I mean, some of the demons or whatever, they're like needed, but there's not like a you're horrible, you're a piece of shit, I'm good, you're bad, you're evil, whatever. Like one of the most proud, like one of the the most predominant Hindu figures, uh, Shiva, is known as king of the demons to some people but he's also known as the creator and God of the world. So there's that necessary, like, you know, there's multiple sides of him. And even like uh, his wife, you know, the death goddess Kali, she turns into a destroyer of everything and just pissed off. You don't want to mess with her. She's ferocious, but at the same time, she's loving and caring and there's multiple ways that you can go about it. But looking at everything at a non-dualistic way. Yeah. I want to think about that one. Cause uh, yeah, you know, you always yeah, have your, you, I, every story I, has I their Loki, you know? <laughs> yeah. The, the well, it's, it's just like with the, the creation myth, you know, you've got, uh, Muspelheim and Niflheim and those are opposites. And then with the, uh, with the war, you've got the Aesir and the Vanir, not necessarily yeah. opposites, but they're opposing. 
So I, I think on some level there's dualism everywhere, but I really want to explore the idea of non-dualism. There is a theory about that. So there is an effect. Well, we'll, we'll, we should get into that in the next episode. Yeah, yeah, because I'm gonna have to this get the is right about name. About the Vanier War. I have to get I have to get the right name for this because it's like the same type of theory that you use in like stories where like there's the hero and he rises up on top and of everything and there's like his you know the opposing forces. I want to say it's like the um, begins with an R. I've used up all my big words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it like the, it's like the written Bauer effect or something weird like that? It's like ninety, like even Star Wars was like written around it. Um, I mean, Star Wars was written mostly around the hero's journey. Yeah, like almost verbatim. <laughs> yeah. So the good versus evil. Let's see. Theory. Uh, I think somebody in the Discord mentioned it as well, actually. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. And I think we should announce that we're going to do start a series. You know, we're going to be focusing on individual gods and goddesses on each episode. Each episode will be dedicated to um, say god or goddess. Minor or major, doesn't matter. We're going to try to cover everything. Probably even runes and holidays. We got holidays coming up, so we're probably going to hit touch on, you know, winter nights and Yule, um, big time. And then we're going to go from there as a, you know, maybe even Days of Remembrance, touch on that some, kind of like maybe do a, a dual episode. But um, that's something we're going to try to put out, and you know, hopefully the fresh heathens will look forward to and learn from. Because I think between the three of us, we have pretty... We can give you something to think on with each, from each of our heads. At the very least, point you in the right direction. Yeah. <clears throat> but, I mean, because I think if, that there uh, is a lot have, of misinformation. Yeah, yeah if there, uh, anybody but... has uh, ideas on who we should do first, join the Discord. Let us know. You know, we got to... We're going to stay away from Odin first, as just to avoid being a cliche. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no i mean you know get into the discord because that is probably like that is the place to get suggestions out there to us and to you know ask us questions and to basically just yeah anything uh that is the place i know we still do check the email but we're focusing more on getting everybody inside of the discord <clears throat> so that way we can i guess uh develop more of like a connection with you, like a friendship and what have you, yep. kinship, answer your questions immediately, be there, let you socialize with other heathens that are inside the Discord community also. Uh, this channel is growing. Uh, I'm actually thinking about doing uh, Discord exclusive uh, ritual music and stuff for just people who are strictly into Discord, so it'll be Discord only. Uh, so if you like what we do, focus uh, on joining the discord uh, so that way you don't miss out on it and uh, we also have some other interesting stuff in the works i know we still have the guests and stuff that we're trying to get on for the other stuff 
uh, as far as like the divination episodes and everything along those lines. And um, I mean, should we announce the, uh, the 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 audio mini series? See if anybody would be interested in that. <laughs> well, let's not overload them. Let's see. Let's see how one works, and see if it's worth us actually putting out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll keep. We'll, yeah, we'll we'll try it. Yeah, totally different can of worms. <laughs> that is a totally different can of worms, yeah. and, and I think that you're right. That would probably overwhelm everybody. But right now, uh, the best thing I can tell you is to like and subscribe. Uh, click the bell so that way you get notifications every time we're on. Yes, click it. It's right around here somewhere. If maybe if I can point, it's right here. It's right here in this area. Click that bell. And so that way you get the notifications. I'm not picking your boogers. I'm not doing ASMR. I want you to click the damn bell. Uh, so, you know, and then join down below. Everybody point down here. Like, don't point down. In the description, there is a join link the for the Discord. Join in. Even if, you, even if you don't like what we do, tell us what we're doing wrong that you wish we could improve on. And then maybe sh share some clarity on where we stand and... You know, uh, as the Havamal says, we should be able to disagree openly so uh, and still remain cool with each other. So um, join. Hmm? That's called being adults. Exactly. We are adults here. Uh, we all like to communicate. I, I like to debate with people. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I'm like, I'm not opposed. To I like conversations. Yes. Yeah, they're they're just conversations. Come talk yeah, let's to have us. More conversations. Come let come talk to all of us. Uh, we we want to hear it. We're on there. I think Luke's on there more than any of us. Uh, but I'm on there. I'm pr pretty much for most of the day. Brandon usually chimes in if somebody tags him or uh, if the conversation starts blowing up his phone. Uh, he's usually in there. Uh, I feel like I'm getting normal notification instead of my. <laughs> <laughs> but I still get like 60 messages lost. So I said my late, my, my late responses are I'm reading everything. Yeah. But we're all in there. Uh, we get excited when somebody joins and hops up in there. We like to say, Hey, uh, personally hey. to you and, uh, you know, talk to you, ask you a little bit about how you find the channel and everything. So Come hang out with us. Come, uh, you know, learn and share some of your knowledge with us. Uh, I'm the first to admit I don't know everything. Uh, if no. if you got answers to something we've talked about and maybe you could shed some light on it, please uh, let us know. It's very much welcomed. And uh, you know, give Luke a run for his money here. He created the the Discord, so let's keep him busy. Uh, get a bunch I of people in there. created the problem. You couldn't. It's not a problem. We just gotta, you know, once it gets big, we gotta, we, we, we're gonna have to figure out, we're gonna have to like appoint new moderators and all sorts of stuff to help. It's gonna, it's gonna be like all a full, time. it's gonna be a full effort. Yeah, in all due time. The way the YouTube is blowing up, it's gonna be a definite full time thing. Uh, that's a different story. But, but yeah, for sure. We hope to see you all in our Discord community. Uh, so, yeah. In the description, there is a link. Click it. Click, click, click. It's only, look, I mean, it's only like one little. Or if you're on your phone, it's a little, it's a little taparoo. 
just give it a little tap tap taparoo and then uh, you know join and you know come hear me be awkward and you know uh hang out with everyone so it's been fun uh talking to all of you uh and y'all hearing us rant for a while but a survivor war we look forward to doing more episodes um and discussing different topics that everybody wants so shall we all say bye at once how y'all want to do this you uh Adios. Till next time. Muchachos. Yes.